Welcome to another episode of Together for Apart. This season focuses on island voices, people in island nations finding creative solutions to global challenges. My name is Kamlesh Bakuri. I'm a reporter from the Indian Ocean Island of Mauritius. In this episode, we will travel together through the transformation of the sugarcane industry, which is over 380 years old in my island. And you will learn a few interesting facts that makes the sugar even more sweeter than what it already is. For instance, how sugar can play a central role in the fight against climate change. And more specifically, how the bagasse, a sugarcane byproduct, is a game changer in the country's ambition to produce 60% of energy from renewables by 2030. Hi, I'm Sabine Ofremunia, HR coordinator at Omnicane Mining Operations Limited. I've been working in the sugar industry for the last 25 years now, a privileged witness of the transformation of the cane industry with uh, mechanization, use of technology, renewable energy, from mainly production of sugar in the past. Now the focus is mainly on renewable energy. So that's the new sugar industry, which is always evolving, always to ensure its survival, in fact. The focus is no more on sugar itself, but on the cane as a whole and all its byproducts. As Sabine rightly points out, the focus is on renewables. And the turning point came on the 11th of June 2021, when Finance Minister Ranganathan Padayachi spelled out the country's ambitions with regards to renewable energies. He spoke about the green energy industry as a new economic growth pole and its impact on our gross domestic product. Today we are announcing a new economic growth pole, the green energy industry. It is an industry which will have a significant impact on our economy, boost our GDP growth, and most importantly, create new job opportunities. We have all the renewable sources needed to produce our own energy, be it biomass, solar, wind, or wave. We have the human resources, expertise, and means to do so. We must produce 60% of our country's energy needs from green sources by 2030. The use of coal will be totally phased out before 2030. There was more to come as the finance minister spoke about fair prices for the bagasse, a clear signal to sugar producers and wannabe entrepreneurs. A major source of renewable energy is biomass. It is readily available and intrinsically linked to our country's economic history. It is already the largest source of green energy, accounting for 11% of the country's electricity. Today, we are announcing the setting up of a national biomass framework. Bagasse will henceforth be remunerated at free rupees 50 
per kilowatt hour for all planters and producers. This was music to the ears of all operators within the cane industry, including Jacqueline Sozier, the Secretary General of the Mauritius Chamber of Agriculture. This announcement couldn't have come at a better time for the industry. For the last five years, all stakeholders have been battling to meet their financial recommendations and their financial means. Because one of the greatest barriers to making the shift to renewable energy was the low return on investment. For the last 10 years, we've been working in close collaboration with the authorities and with any stakeholder so that we can improve the aspect of renewable energy in Mauritius. Fortunately for us, after nearly 14 years of battle, last year at the last budget presentation, the Ministry of Finance announced the remuneration, meaning that all the stakeholders involved in the sugarcane industry will receive an approximative remuneration of 3,300 rupees per tonne of sugar. Taking a stroll in the family-owned sugarcane fields in Highlands, about 500 meters off the highway, 63-year-old Imran Subrati ponders on the benefits of such a measure. Sugarcane cultivation has become a tedious activity for small planters like him. Abandoning fields has been a common practice and a disastrous one to say the least. Significant amount of land are devoid of any agricultural activity and the family cane cooperative would be forced to quit an industry that has enabled the Subrati family to thrive for generations. True. Without an additional revenue, a small planter would abandon fields. Now we can reinvest in our fields. Cane output will be better, more bagasse, more renewable energy we get into a green energy cycle. It was high time to give Bagas its true value. We tend to know its importance in the production of electricity. When we get a closer look, we realize how we cannot operate without cane, sugar, Bagas, of course. Even if the great-grandchildren of family cane planters have become successful white-collar professionals, sugarcane lies within their hearts. My name is Manisha Dhani. I'm the daughter and granddaughter of five generations of people who have come from India and who have gained a living through sugarcane fields, some partly, some fully. Manisha's family, who are well known within the sugar industry community, have also lobbied to recognize Bagas as a renewable source of energy. My grandfather, Mahadeo Dukoni, was the one who led the fight for planters in Mauritius to be able to get some revenue from the bagasse, which had started to be exploited as an energy source in the form of pellets in the different factories in Mauritius. 
At the time of his fight, a symbolic rupee was paid for the bagasse that was being exploited. Finally, after so many years of fighting, this year we will be able to get some remuneration that is more commensurate with the use of the bagasse and that can help planters continue maintaining their plantation. What we can learn from Imran's and Manisha's experience is that the island still have an emotional connection with sugar, a crop introduced to the island in 1639. When Mauritius became a French colony in 1715, slaves were brought from Africa to work in the field. Following the abolition of slavery more than a century later in 1835, laborers were brought from India to replace the freed slaves in the same fields. Jacques Dunierville, the CEO of Omnicane Group, explains. It's the whole history of the island. Almost every single Mauritian has came to Mauritius. Somewhere, somehow, it's linked to sugarcane. At independence, 90% of our exports was just sugar, so it was a monocrop economy. That's why there's lots of attachments and emotions about it. It's in our DNA. Obviously, there's lots of painful history. In the beginning, we came here for sugar plantations. Then uh, endangered laborers came here for sugar. And the sugarcane history keeps on evolving. For a couple of decades after independence, Mauritius was a quasi-monocrop economy, with the sugar industry providing most of the blue-collar jobs. The six-month-long harvest season was where the country would come to life with an incessant ballet of lorries rallying fields to factories with a cane cutter sitting atop. At that time, the residue from sugarcane was not used. We are talking about byproducts, one of them being the bagasse, which accounts for more than half of the renewable energy in Mauritius. Now, with the recent announcement by the finance minister, there is the opportunity to double this contribution. Jacqueline Sozier, the head of the Mauritius Chamber of Agriculture, states that bagasse accounts for 13% of renewable energy coming from the private sector's independent power producers. This is an opportunity for the country to move forward towards cleaner energy. When we received this announcement of additional remuneration of bagasse, it is linked to a target of 60% of renewable energy in the country. Bagasse representing today the most of renewable energy produced in the country and with this additional remuneration this 13% could reach up to 20 to 25% if the good decisions are taken to invest into cane industry and to invest more into cane plantation. The Mauritius Chamber of Agriculture is working in close collaboration with all stakeholders so that these objectives are achievable. 2030 is behind the door. Bagasse is one of the components to reach these targets. Jacques Dunierville, the CEO of Omnicane, adds to this. Our aim is to uh, make the best of everything that's possible to uh, take out of the sugarcane. 
And now our main uh, focus is on energy production. So uh, biomass energy is uh, very important in Mauritius. It is the first reliable source of renewable energy in Mauritius. We're looking ahead to these challenges in the future. Government has announced uh, a policy of complete phasing out of coal uh, in 2030. There's not much time ahead of us to find solutions um, to produce the baseload electricity. But phasing out fossil fuels and embracing renewables is not easy, especially when the island has been heavily dependent on traditional energy sources. Everyone must learn to think differently and shift fast, suggests Jacques Dunierville, the Omnicane CEO. And that's the, the real challenge. The island is moving recently towards, obviously, sun, photovoltaics and wind energy. However, uh, in terms of baseload, these energies are very challenging. So the bagasse is the ones that uh, are used for baseload. Obviously, in the crop season, off crop season, what do we do? So this is where we are now looking into putting other types of biomass in our facilities. From the southern part of the island, we move north to Terragen, the power unit of Terra Mauritia, another company listed on the stock exchange of Mauritius. Here, we meet Jean-Marc Evans, the power plant manager. After considering the weight of the bagasse in renewable energy production, the byproduct is vital. It is indissociable. Gainstraw was not valorized as a source to produce electricity. At Terragen, we have launched this innovative project about five years ago to valorize this sugarcane byproduct. We have a skin toppings straw in the field. It is compressed into ballots. It is brought to the power plant. It is crushed, then mixed to the bagasse. With better remuneration of the cane, there will be reinvestment in the cane fields. Output will increase. Replanter de la canne et augmenter les rendements dans les champs. Jacqueline Sosier from the country's Chamber of Agriculture further adds. The additional remuneration means that there will be more investment from all stakeholders to be more efficient, to be more proactive in coming back to the sugarcane industry. Since we have been losing money, we are now having a visibility over the next 10 years so that we can invest into producing more cane meaning more energy, meaning more sugar for the whole of the economy of Mauritius. Jean-Marc Evans, our power plant manager, also unveils future plans of Terragen, getting rid of coal and connecting other renewable sources to bagasse-driven power generation, ambitious and impressive. Nous avons dressé un plan de conversion à 100% de la centrale de Terragen. Now, the power unit of Terragen is planning to eliminate coal within the plant. By 2030, no more coal will be used. First, it will be about focusing on higher productivity. The second step will be to install a photovoltaic farm connected to the plant. And thirdly, have more biomass, including cane toppings and wood. Beaucoup dans la recherche et développement sur le bois. Remuneration of the bagasse is said to bring more value to an industry, an industry accounting for only 2% of GDP. You know, 
Not only it helps to revive the sugarcane industry in a cleaner way, but it also provides an opportunity to foray into the world's carbon credit business. So says Jacqueline Sozier of the Mauritius Chamber of Agriculture. It is a game changer for the industry. The remuneration is indeed proposed to all stakeholders as compared to previously when the remuneration of bagas was only for the planters. All stakeholders now are being able to receive some funds, some remuneration from this byproduct, which is very important to the economy of the country. And Doug Genieville, our CEO from Omnicane, suggests the way forward. One kilowatt of coal produced electricity will emit one kilo of CO2 in the atmosphere. If we can substitute that, if we can sell our carbon credits on a sophisticated market, then this would offset the, the costs of obviously going for biomass. Here we are a small island developing state. It's not like in the mega cities where... The quality of air is an issue. Here we've got very good quality of air, so we could uh, continue producing like we are on a global scale. It weighs a lot. With a move to renewables, Mauritius will definitely benefit in two ways on the international front. First, the use of renewable sources will reduce our dependency on imported fossil fuels paid in US dollars. And secondly, marketing sugar from a country where renewables are common will make for a great sales pitch. The good news, more income for the sugar industry. The another fact is that no Mauritian can ever expect the Indian Ocean Island nation to breathe without sugarcane fields. Imran Surati, our planter from Highlands, sees the sugar as a badge of honor. About 60 years ago, I accompanied my father and grandfather to our cane field. King sugar was standing with pride. In 2021, sugar cane is still king. As the main source for renewable energy, we can become a reference in the region and in the world. For Manisha Dukoni, the Harvard-educated economist who still visits the family cane fields almost every Saturday afternoon, sugar cane is here to stay. There is a future for sugar in Mauritius. And that future involves not only looking at sugar as the product, but also looking at the sugar industry and the cane industry as a whole. Our ancestors have lived on sugar for the past 150 years. I am confident that for the next 150 years, Mauritius will still have sugar as part of its continued DNA. So we are positive for the future, says Jacques Genierville. I'm very optimistic about our ability to meet these goals. It has to be a very tight partnership, I would say, with the utilities, with the government and uh, with, with the, the private sector itself to, to be able to reach these goals. The, the good thing about renewable energy, I think, is there's no one solution. It's a mix of a hundred different solutions to, to create uh, what we, we all need. This podcast evolved from an idea discussed on a Sunday afternoon to a full-fledged program thanks to the active participation of the people who intervened prior. 
Manuti Communications provided their strategic insights about a complex industry. We thank our dear Serge Lebras and his son Toto Lebras for giving us the permission to use the Tipol Kupiakan song. And a hearty thank you to the management of Polybase Radio Plus, the leading Mauritian private radio station, and also the support, guidance of Joko Pusami as producer. Thanks for listening to Together for Apart. I can't wait to see you in my home country of Mauritius. Goodbye for now, or as we say in Mauritius, allez, nous en après.